0: Right, good morning, everyone. Let me just turn my microphone on. Before I start, actually, I'm gonna just invite my good friend, Matt Clark up to um, share uh, a little story. Oh, that's better, you can hear me now. Let's welcome Matt, shall we? It's not quite the, uh, the darker lights in her
1: and the spotlight, I promise, but we got a round of applause. That one. It is. Jazzy. Is it? I don't know. Is that one? No, yeah. that's muted. That's that one. Hello. Shalom. Cool. Am I? Wicked. Uh, just a quick testimony. We've been singing about um, impossible things in your name. There we go. There wow, we go. that's loud. Yes. Fantastic. Um, impossible things in your name, they shall be done. So it's kind of a testimony of how awesome God is and an encouragement to the power of prayer and the power of the God that we've been worshipping today. Um, I've got a few friends who don't know Jesus and I've been praying for them for quite a long time. A few, well, a few months. Um, and Thursday night around 9.30, I was praying for a guy named James. And normally I just kind of pray for salvation. And he's based in London, so I don't see him very often. Just save him, may he know. And then I actually said, Lord, give me an opportunity to speak to him. 30 minutes later, I randomly, and he messages me like once a month. So we're not really that close, but hey. Eh? Um, it's my fault, really. Uh, so praying for him, and I said which for the first time I did really give me an opportunity. It's one of those prayers that actually, when you say, I really meant it, like, Lord, I really want to speak to him about you. 30 minutes later, I get these messages. I can't tell you why, but I'm thinking that it might be a good idea to go to church. As you know, I'm not a very religious person, but I think it might be good for me. I just wanted to know what made you go to church. And if you read my messages, I sent him like, on 300 like, page essay, <laughs> <laughs> not, not good, but uh, so then he was like, Actually, yeah, is there like a local church? And um, he was like, Oh, there's a church that um, I've never been to, but it's local. And so, so, are you gonna go? And so, hopefully, he's there right now. A church, awesome. so the power of prayer, thank you,
0: Matt. Well, I just want to encourage us really as regularly as we can that we are a church that is just so full of Jesus that we can't Very but good. tell other people about him and as the weeks go by we'll, we'll try and do this as often as we can people sharing their faith sharing stories um, so but we are entering into today the last chapter of Luke. Oh, wow. Three and a half years we've been through this journey of Luke and we're, today we are in the last chapter. We've seen over recent weeks uh, Lord Jesus crucified and died last week. Andre helpfully took us through what happened after Jesus breathed his last and the courage of Joseph from Arimathea. And he set out challenges for us, didn't he, as well, about where our main focus is Not to spend too much money on Black Friday. Hope none of you did that. I'm sure you didn't. So how are you doing on those challenges? Just consider that for a moment. But we're going to dive into chapter four. and We have a special guest, ladies and gentlemen, today reading our scripture for us. Uh, Steve Palmer is going to come and read uh, the verses. Steve, let's give Steve a welcome. Now, some of you... Uh, maybe fairly new to the church, but Steve and his wife Jenny are the bedrock of Hope Church. Oh, yeah. uh, we, we love them. We want to honour them. Uh, they've been faithful members. Steve, how long have you been uh, a member of Hope Church, the church?
2: Hope Hope Church and
0: its forebears probably 37 years, 38. And wow. half. <laughs> he has been in this church longer than most of you have been alive.
2: Yeah. <laughs> So I'm current. still not the longest-serving member, I don't know. Oh, though. who is that then? Well, at least Ian Lane. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, Lane, too.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, and there may be others that I've. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm not recording.
0: <laughs> well, if you don't know, this is Steve. Steve, what else do you do in the church to sign your kind of acts of service? Uh,
2: mo- mostly fix all the things that
0: break. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he does. And the chair that you are sitting on, Steve, will have put out as well this week. Yeah, so amazing. we're just really grateful for Steve and Jenny. Just follow them and the we most weeks, Adam and I say, where would we be without Steve? Yeah. So we're very grateful. Anyway, that's not really what we're here for. Steve is going to read from Luke chapter twenty-four. Sorry, Steve, over to you. Oh, thank you.
2: On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found a stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? is not here he has risen remember him remember how he told you while he was still with you in galilee the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men be crucified and on the third day be raised again then they remembered his words when they came back from the tomb they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others it was mary magdalene Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them, who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away, wondering to himself what had happened.
0: Thank you, Steve. Well, wow. what an amazing moment in the Bible and in the life of the disciples. Now today is an exciting day. We should be excited by what we read because we are talking about the resurrection. So I'm going to need some help from my brothers and sisters this morning. Maybe those of you that might slightly err on the side of Pentecostal. I'm going to need some amens. I'm going to need some hallelujahs. So this is a participation event this morning, okay? A.O. is going to lead us in that. Thank you, A.O. (laughs) So this this story that is often read, what should be read, on Easter Sunday can become really kind of familiar to us, can't it? And we can miss some of what is being said. We can miss the utter amazement and surprise of what happened. Maybe even start to doubt. We can pass over the real evidence for the resurrection. And I pray today that as we look at this, this will encourage us. This will stir us up to share. And this will equip us for life and godliness. Who wants to be equipped for life and godliness? Good. Good, good. Thank you. I appreciate the participation. So we've seen from the previous verses that Jesus is clearly dead. His body was prepared and laid in the tomb by this brave disciple, uh, Joseph of Arimathea. The Roman executioners would not have released his body had he not been dead. His body was wrapped in linen grave clothes and was laid in the tomb that was cut into a rock face. There was no back door, it was a front door that was sealed shut by a very heavy stone. Just to clarify, these stones, which sealed ancient tombs, could weigh over two tons. And they would usually roll them down the slope to get to cover the tomb. And at the time, none of Jesus' enemies would have tried to explain away the resurrection by saying things like, he wasn't really dead, or the women went to the wrong tomb. But let's just for a moment put ourselves in the sea. I don't don't know about you, if if you're a morning person. Any morning people amongst us? Okay, about seven, great. Um, It would have been pretty quiet. I personally love the early morning feeling when nobody is around. I mean, I like people, but it's nice when nobody is around. It's It's just peace and that calmness. I used to drive to work a lot, when I was uh, working in construction and I would leave early, sometimes four or five o'clock in the morning to beat traffic, or if I was working in central London so I could get a good parking space that I could pay £35 for the day for, um, just to get there nice and early to get into a full day's work. And there's something kind of special about the stillness of the early morning, especially in central London as well. There's just kind of road sweepers and deliveries, and it's just peaceful in a place that you know been chaotic in a few hours. But there's something special about that stillness of the early morning. And these three women, the two Marys and Joanna, the women who were last at the cross and first to the tomb, these dedicated followers of Christ come early in the morning to prepare the body of Jesus. Let's just say how much uh, the Gospels and the New Testament just support the role of women. There's no, there's no other religion like this. There's no other faith that supports the role of women like this. And we see it also in Matthew, there would have been so- soldiers guarding the tomb. And it says in Matthew that, that when these angels appeared, they shook and became like dead men. So I, I'm not quite sure what happened as these three ladies are, are approaching the tomb, whether these guys are kind of laying on the floor and they sort of step <laughs> over them and it's a bit random, looking at these soldiers on the floor. Not quite sure about that. Joanna and Mary would have been healed by Jesus back in Luke 8. I'm sure you all remember the day when we spoke on that. They're going to prepare the body of this man that they followed for some time in this early morning stillness. They would have still been riddled with grief and sorrow going to the grave. It says in Mark, as they were on their way there, they were asking one another how they would roll the stone away or who would roll the stone away for them. And then they arrive and have this unexpected encounter. And remember, again, we have the benefit of history between us and years of the retelling of this story. But this would have been a huge surprise for them. Firstly, when they arrive at the burial site, three things that would have been surprising to them. One, the stone had been rolled away. Two, there was no body in the tomb. No body,
1: not no body,
0: no body. And there were two men in shining clothes, standing there at the entrance of the tomb. Weird. That would fit in my weird category. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They weren't just, you know, wearing bright white Calvin Klein clothes and pants. No, they were shining brightly. And immediately, these angelic men challenge the women with a question. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Immediately, this question brings hope, it brings joy, and it brings challenges to to them and us today. Why do you look for the living? It means he's alive. Amen. Okay, let's try that again. Let's try for some hallelujahs and amens. Again, we had one. Janine is supporting me and others. But um, why do you look for the living? It means he's alive. (laughs) Very good. I'm just needing the affirmation this morning. Uh, Meaning he's alive. He's being executed. They saw him die. And now they're being told he's alive. This is amazing hope. The God that we worship came down to earth in human flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. Remember, we'll sing that in a few weeks' time. He lived the perfect life. He taught like nobody had ever taught before, was arrested, put on the cross, and died. And then it was discovered he had been resurrected. They're looking for a dead man. But he's alive. This resurrection power has come into action. He has been brought to life. The stone was rolled away, not so he could get out. You know that, don't you? It's so we could get in and see the empty tomb. Jesus has conquered death. This was God's stamp of approval that the price was paid for sin at the cross. Jesus literally took the weight of the sin of the world him taking judgment and punishment that we deserve dying in our place and then gloriously and victoriously rising again hallelujah yeah, come on. his body did not experience decay it was raised to experience a new kind of bodily existence death could not hold the son of God in its power Which means the disciples' proclamation and deeds of great power as they're carried out. It shows the name of the one whose power is greater than death, greater than Satan, greater than any earthly power. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Been very good this morning. And the preaching of the apostles as well in Acts proclaims that Jesus' resurrection opens the way for the resurrection of others who believe in yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. That is hope. But yes. Yes. one day this, this yeah. earthly tent, this vessel that is, you know, fading, yeah. apparently your body starts to age and you're on the decline from about, I don't know, thirty, I think it's something oh, like that. So. <laughs> So sorry to break that to you. It's not getting better. In your earthly tent, but there is hope. Because one day you will have a glorious resurrected body. Where there will be no aches or pains. (laughs) But to believe in the resurrection, to believe that Jesus died for your sin, by faith you are justified. There was an interesting article, well it was annoying really, it was an annoying article in the BBC, uh, I read this week, that said a quarter of people who call themselves Christians do not believe in the resurrection. Mm. That's very, very frustrating. (laughs) They they separated in this article what they called Christians and active Christians. Mm -hmm. But guess what? There's no such thing as Christians and active Christians. You either are born again and believe in the resurrection, or you don't. There is no in-between. If you do not believe in the resurrection, then you are not a Christian. It's not a way of life. It's not something to attain to by personal achievement or behaviour, but it's belief in the risen, conquering King. Amen. Let's go back to the women and the question, why do you look for the living amongst the dead? How can we relate this to our lives today? Well, where are we looking for life? Where do we go for for comfort, for reassurance? I know where I go. I like to reward myself with chocolate and food. It used to be I would reward myself with cheesecake but now I'm trying to go gluten-free and there's less gluten in chocolate. And I justify that because I think gluten will put on weight and chocolate will not. Oh, ye, you little brain. Anyway, but that's how I reward myself. Oh, I've had a tough day. Oh, I've had a long day. Oh, it's been difficult. I'm just going to pop to the shop because there's something legitimate. I need to buy gluten chocolate. <coughs> Love a chocolate orange at this time oh, of year, by the way. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: amen it, I mean,
0: it just amen. tastes like Christmas doesn't it when you eat the chocolate orange anyway that's not what we're talking about move on, move on. forget about the chocolate when the chips are down not the chips that you go to for comfort when they are down where do you turn to what are you looking for for life that's dead what is your main aim in life is it to be happy for your family to be content are you bored Christians should never be bored we should be awake to the battle that is raging on for the battle for our very souls for the souls of all mankind and we are called into this mission to make people aware of the offer that is on the table, everlasting life with God. Yeah. We can look to for life in our own successes. The Christian life was never meant to be an adult. Wherever you are now, whatever situation you are in, you are called to bring the kingdom of God into whatever situation you are in. A very small number of people are called into full-time ministry. They are not the ones that should only be on the radical edge if they are. We are all called to make disciples. We are all called to bring the kingdom. We are all called to be peacemakers. The enemy loves to distract us, almost pacify us with so many distractions. We love to give good reasons behind our actions. You know, we're working hard to provide for our families. That's why we put so much into our careers. We love to have our time. We all need to wind down, don't we, with a chocolate orange. Um, we all need to wind down. That's why we watch, you know, so much TV and find other things to fill our time with. There's a, you know, there's this binge-watching culture which is obsessive. Hey, getting too excited about Jesus and the mission. Oh, there's a new series on Netflix coming out. Have you seen it? The enemy just loves to use different distractions. John 11 says, uh, do you know what? I can't remember what I put in my PowerPoint. I think I might put this in. Yes, I did. Jesus says, in, uh, John 11, Jesus says, so I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? 1 Peter 1.3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This is what we've been born into. This is where life should focus around If you believe in the resurrection it should change your life we're not secret agents in this life we slip into the background not being noticed hopefully no one will ask us about what we believe that we believe in a god who has paid the price for our sin who died and rose again so that we can have eternal life if we believe that and that it's true for everyone, that the only way to God is through Jesus, that there are two paths in this world one is wide and easy, and many take it, and the other is narrow and difficult, and not many do. Then we should be alive, alive in this. Yet, yeah, so often we can be like the, the women who came to the tomb expecting the one that they follow to be dead and inactive. have we heard the words of jesus as we've gone through this luke series or have we like the women missed what he said he told the disciples back in luke 9 and 18 that he would be betrayed that he would be crucified and he would be rising again three days later and these angels ask them have they remembered what he told you whilst he was in galilee I wonder if there was this kind of moment of realisation when everything fell into place and they understood it took the words of these angelic messengers to encourage the women to remember the words that Jesus had already spoken just as a side note as well whenever in scripture people come into the presence of angels they are in awe they are terrified and they bow down. Nowhere in scripture do you see people commanding angels. No. I just, I've heard that over my Christian life about people praying for angels to do this for them. Now we pray to the one who has risen and the angels do his bidding. Anyway, side note, footnote. We should receive this encouragement today. That God's word is always true, and what He says will happen always, always comes to pass. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: And for the women to make sense of what happened, they needed to remember what Jesus had already said. And for us to make sense of the world, of our faith in Christ, we must remember what has already been said. We will face times. When our lives do not make sense and in these moments we need to remember the things that jesus has said to us about what it will mean to to live as one of his disciples this list i'm about to read is what has already been said in luke that we will be rejected and insulted on account of our faith but we are also blessed Chapter 6, we are children of God enjoying his generous rewards as we love our enemies in the way that he did and does. We are called to lose our lives for the sake of the gospel and we will save our eternal lives in so doing. Greatness is found in being the least. God gives us the Holy Spirit. Blessing is found in obedience to God's word. We have nothing to fear in death for we are known and valued by the one who has power over our eternal destiny. If we stand publicly for Jesus today, he will stand and affirm us as his subjects on the final day. We have no need to be anxious for all the riches of God's kingdom have been given to us. Jesus is coming back we won't miss it, and he will bring justice for all of his people. Amen. Yeah. That's just what's in Luke. So we can be sure Jesus has told us everything we, we need to know in order to live faithfully in our lives every day. Are you anxious? He is with you. He will give you peace. Only this week something happened which could have caused stress, could have caused me to lose sleep. But we prayed that he would give me rest. I slept the whole way through the night, which normally my bladder doesn't allow me to. But I slept all the way through the night. Feeling bitter, holding on to a grudge. What did it say in Luke six thirty five? As we love our enemies in the way that he did, and thus we should love our enemies. Fear of death, of what comes next. It's a big fear for lots of people. We have nothing to fear in death because we are known and valued by the one who has power over our eternal destiny. Sometimes we can when we feel loss and pain, it can seem impossible to remember and believe God's promises. We sometimes are tempted to believe that God's plan for our life has gone astray, and his promises can seem like the disciples thought of the women's claim. This is nonsense. In these times, we do well to remember the resurrection of Jesus difficulties do not take God by surprise. The darker the night, the darkness of midnight doesn't mean that dawn will never come. The longer the darkness, the closer we are to dawn. Jesus kept his promise, he did rise, and you can be sure that he will keep his promises to you. Anything else is a lie of the enemy. Who are you choosing to believe? We, as believers, live in the truth of this historic event. This was a moment in history. And we know that Luke is trying to relay the truth of what happened. If someone back then was trying to make up something to help people believe something, they would not have put women in the picture. Because their testimony would not have been accepted. Luke is clear how the first audience that hears about the resurrection is sceptical. They dismiss it as nonsense or idle talk, as it says in some translations. How how do we react today, firstly, to the resurrection, secondly, that Jesus will return one day, and thirdly, he is living and active and can perform miracles today. It's so easy to fall into scepticism, into doubt. And the disciples' reaction shows us that people will respond with scepticism about the resurrection. We should therefore be patient when we share this hope that we have. Jesus, I'm sure, would have got lots of strange looks when he discussed his resurrection during his earthly ministry. And you can only imagine how the women felt when they shared the good news with the disciples. Resurrection is a doctrine that it's hard to believe and for that reason we need to pray for the spirit to work in the hearts as the gospel is shared it's good to be equipped it's good to know how to explain the gospel to have answers to good questions but overall we need to pray for the spirit to work that's what brings life that's what convicts that's what brings revelation even after seeing the empty tomb, they were not convinced. Even when people saw the resurrected Jesus, it says that there were some with unbelief. Matthew 28, 17 says, When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Seeing the resurrected Jesus still brought doubt. I don't know how many conversations you've had with people. I often try and talk to people about my faith when they say, well, if I saw him... I would believe. I don't believe that. Yeah. We need a work of the Spirit. And it wasn't until after the Pentecost the disciples' questions were answered when the Holy Spirit came down on the believers. I, I remember myself looking into Christianity, doing Alpha, asking questions. I was starting to see something. But it was when the Holy Spirit came and filled me that it made me see the truth of the resurrection. I was only talking to Cassia this week about when uh, Gemma took me as an unbeliever to see the passion of the Christ, film. I don't know if she was trying to scare me into conversion, but um, it it did work. (laughs) However, actually, it didn't impact me at the time. But when the Spirit came and quickened my heart, It changed me and my outlook completely. It's now not so easy to watch the passion of the Christ. And the resurrection is what brings us hope and power and life. And we must never move on from this. This really did happen, people. This is our hope that we will live as well a resurrected life in the new heaven and the new earth. If we don't believe, if we don't bring it back to this main thing, it's death. It's futile. 1 Corinthians 15, 12 to 22 says this. But if if it is preached that Christ had been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there's no resurrection of the dead? If there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. And so is your faith. More than that, we're then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him, if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those who have also fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this we have hope in Christ. We are of all People most to be pitied. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. Yeah. Yeah. That is what our hope lies in. This is what changed Peter from coward to the courageous. Preaching to thousands, seeing many come to Christ. The Christian hope points towards a new world. Bound up in the idea that one day justice will be done in creation. According to Romans 8, creation groans for its redemption, along with the redemption of God's children. The resurrection is vindication. Vindication comes with vindication comes justice and without justice in the future injustice in the past remains and in light of that certain future we live as foreigners on this earth and have a citizenship that represents a stewardship from god the resurrection changes everything the resurrection means jesus is alive and offers forgiveness so that i can have a relationship with god through him And it's Peter peeks into the tomb he sees the empty grave clothes as well as the empty tomb it raises the question what happened to Jesus what well, we know what happened and we'll look at that a bit more next week as well but these empty clothes show us that death isn't the end but a transition and it raises the question what will happen to us when we will experience our own resurrection There is no reincarnation. We must realise we are accountable to God for what we do in this life. There are no reruns, or it's just this life and then nothing, you know, off the cliff edge. We should all be aware of the reality that one day we will stand before God. Where are you today? Where are you? Have you been pacified by earthly things? Lost focus? Have you been focused on things that moth and rust will destroy? Have you forgotten the impact it first had on you when you discovered the reality of the resurrection? Where is your focus? Have you been bringing the kingdom into your workplace into your home into your friendship circles have you been in a place of pain and sorrow forgetting his plan for your life wanting god to speak to you wanting him to direct you wanting to know his will for your life speak to him read this book it is full of the promises of God for you and for your life then remember what he says over you you are loved you have a hope in this life and the next remember these powerful words from Scripture 1 Corinthians 6, 14, and God raised the Lord and will also raise raise us up by his power. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him or you. Christ Jesus who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let us refocus on Jesus as Lord, as our life. As Gary said this morning, don't just put him to the forefront of your mind, put him first. He is the one with authority and divine authority over our salvation but Lord, as Lord of all, the gospel must go out to all. The world needs to know of this hope. So let's wake up to these realities. The historic event behind us guarantees what lies ahead. Theologian Tom Wright says the new age has burst upon the scene while the present age is still rumbling on. The body of Jesus shows us the future hope is up and running, and this is irreversible. This risen, now ascended Messiah has secured a final outcome. He is our living hope. C.S. Lewis said, has this world been so kind to you that you should leave it with regret? There are better things ahead than any we leave behind. And gloriously, 1 Peter again says, praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. From the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish spoil or fade this inheritance is kept for you and you and you and you in heaven it's for you all life lived apart from the resurrection is really a slow death so many people live to die some are dying to live but the resurrection means you get to live to live We don't visit tombs to meet God. We visit the Alpha and Omega, beginning and end, the resurrection and the life. And the questions the angels ask if we listen, if we receive it, it redirects us from death to life. It calls us to seek the living Saviour and the life he gives. The life we can only get if we come to Jesus who said, I am the way, I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Consider this today. Jesus died for you. And he is resurrected and living today and active in your life. Come to him. I wonder if we could have the band come up. I didn't ask them about this. But if we could come up and just respond to this. Consider this. Jesus died because there was a great gap between us. Between mankind and God and Jesus bridged the gap he paid the price so that we now have access to God i ask you to stand please thank you let's reconsider those questions What are you living for? What, where are you looking for life? Where have you been distracted? Almost pacified into just inactivity. He wants to bring life. He wants to remind you, if you've been struggling, if you've been in pain and sorrow, He has a plan for your life. He wants to speak to you. He wants to draw near to you. you Just again, put your hands out. This is just a sign, really, between you and God that you want to meet with him. You want to receive from him this morning. Just ask him to speak to you. Now, where have you been distracted? where have you been looking for life but really is death. If you have never come to Jesus before if you would fit yourself in that bracket of in the inactive Christian but actually you want to give your life to him because you see that he died and rose again for you you can come to him now Just three simple things. You say, Sorry, Lord, for turning my back on you, for living my own way. I repent of my sin. Thank you that you died on the cross for me. Please now come into my life and by the help of your Holy Spirit help me follow you thank you Jesus if you've said that prayer for the first time there are angels rejoicing heaven is singing if you're coming back to him the father has his arms open Thank you, Jesus. Let's just remember, refocus on that glorious resurrection truth as we worship. Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and fill us again Mm -hmm. and show us and point us to that life, that resurrection power in Jesus' name. Amen.